This podcast is produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I can't believe we are up to episode number 76. This has been a great journey, uh, and I have had the good fortune of interviewing over 70 people about their lives, their businesses, their entrepreneurial advice that they can share with people. And I got to say, I started this because someone told me, if you interview 50 people, whether you do it for a podcast or you write about it on a blog or you just sit down and take notes, if you intentionally sit down to interview 50 people and get them to share their story, you will always be smarter for it. And I thought that sounds like really good advice. And, and over the time last summer, it sort of morphed into this idea of doing a podcast. And so we've now been doing this since the first part of October. And this is the second time that my guest is somebody I actually went to high school with. Guest number one was Brian Minnell, who was my co-author for the ABCs of Entrepreneurs, and he agreed to be the first guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And today I am reaching back into the files of people I've known since the seventh grade, and today we are joined by Chris Hyde. Now, those of you who listened to the show last week, episode 75, that was just me. It wasn't an interview, but we were talking about this topic of reinventing your life and relaunching in your 40s, your 50s, or beyond. And what really surprised me was how many people responded to that episode. People were emailing me and tweeting me. I got a couple of responses from people who said that this whole topic of, of starting fresh and, and recreating your life spoke to them kind of at their soul level. And uh, I decided I wanted to reach out and see if Chris would be on the show because Chris really has gone through some really big reinventions in his career, in his family, in his lifestyle. And Chris is willing to, to share about all the changes that he went through in his 40s. So Chris is a pastor and he actually started off as an evangelical pastor and he was married he had three kids he's divorced and chris has retransformed his life and i think i'll let him tell you a little bit about kind of the changes that he's been through hey chris welcome to cool things entrepreneurs do thank you it's very good to be here so first of all let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship because i think as a pastor and i've never been in one of your churches but i know that you think about your your congregation and the message that you bring to people, you, you try to think about that in the same way an entrepreneur thinks about a business. You've never been one who wanted to be sort of a, a cookie cutter lecturer up there. So let's talk a little bit about how is being a pastor like being an entrepreneur? Wow, that's a huge question. And I think... <laughs> we, don't, I mean, we, being, don't, we don't make it easy for you, Chris. Of course not. <laughs> um, I mean, being a pastor, you basically are leading a group of people and it tends to be a large group of people. And um, there are no cookie cutter ways on how to lead a group of people. I, I think some people think that there's a formula to follow and every community that you lead or every group of people that you lead is different. And so you really have to tailor it according to the group of people that you're leading. And so for me, um, my people that I lead, you know, I kind of tailor it to them, but I'm also kind of tailoring it to me because um, my leadership has to come out of 
who I am and my experiences and what I believe in and what I do and the way that I view life. And so I'm constantly trying to help people to stretch, to stretch themselves and to become better people um, because of the way that we do life together. And so it really is kind of an entrepreneurial way to kind of get in and figure it out with other people. Well, and I agree. I think being an entrepreneur, especially as myself as a solopreneur, you have to really be true to yourself at that sort of inter level. Because if you're, if you're trying to go through the motions or, or fake it, it can, it can get old really, really fast. But let's go back in your career. When you first started off as a pastor, you weren't really being true to yourself, were you? I was faking it. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> when you said that. I went, oh, gosh, that just rings true. Yeah, I, I, uh, I felt called to ministry, called to be a pastor. And that happened when I was in college. But I was already dealing with a, a conflict um, with my sexuality. And I had known that I was gay since I was in junior high. And yet I had never shared that with anybody because that was something that you just didn't talk about. Well, this that was also the 70s and 80s. I was going to say that was also the 1970s and 80s. And, and we grew up, you know, we grew up in a pretty conservative, you know, yes, neighborhood. We did. I mean, it wasn't like that was something that was going to be discussed, you know, on, on the playground or around, you know, dinner tables. Yeah. And so I took the cues from my surroundings and I just kept tight lip about what I was experiencing. And then when I got involved in religious communities, it was in conservative evangelical um, religious circles. And the message that I heard from early on was that being gay was considered a sin. It wasn't something that was okay with God. And so I just followed those cues and I learned that that was something that I could not embrace for myself. So, but you did, you you got married and and you had children and you lived that life, but but what was that like? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, um, part of my story um, is that I went through the whole pray the gay away um, kind of counseling experience. And so I really kind of worked on trying to go through counseling and to experience change. And so when I was kind of graduating from that program, the next step was to get married. And you know, I did fall in love with a woman, um, but, you know, I got into marriage and found out that despite what we had and the relationship that we had, um, that didn't make my attractions for the same sex to go away. So it was a very conflicted time for the 19 years that we were married. So, you know, we go back to this whole idea of, of being, you know, whatever you do for a living or for your life, you know, being true to yourself and, and following, you know, what's right really matters. But you lived in this evangelical faith community and you were the leader. You were the assistant pastor. What happened when you sort of decided to be true to yourself? Well, it was a long journey to get to that place. Um, For me, I had to go through a change in my understanding of God, first of all. And so that was kind of a long theological process, to use that word. And um, I, I basically moved from a more conservative understanding of religion to a more liberal one. And I 
I kind of tried out my new liberal viewpoints on uh, other pastors um, in my circles and all of that, and that wasn't always met with open arms. And so when I finally kind of went through counseling for a second time and came to the place where I knew that I needed to be true to myself and I needed to come out and kind of let the chips fall wherever that was going to take me, um, I, I made a decision that in order to save the large church that I was a part of um, from being going through a great deal of heartache, I actually resigned. Um, because I knew that there was no way that I was going to be welcomed for who I was. So um, I resigned and separated from my wife. And in a matter of a very short time, I lost my job, my marriage, my children, my identity um, in all of that. And I was left kind of with this new persona that I was kind of living into and yet had not had the experience of living into it yet. So I was, I was kind of at a breaking place where there was nothing of the old me left. And it was a very scary time. Well, and sometimes I think, you know, not to compare your, your personal story and your life to a business, but we talk a lot with entrepreneurs about, you know, having to make those hard choices to make a pivot. If you've got your ladder against the wrong wall, sometimes you have to climb down and and put it against you know, another wall. What was the hardest part of that transition? Oh, goodness. Um, probably the loss of relationships, because in this, I, I lost um, relationships with friends, relationships with family, relationships with co-workers. Um, I, I, I lost a lot of relationships in the process. And when you are a relational person and you're in relational business, and I really believe that all business is about relationships. Um, Gosh, it's hard to rebound from that. But rebound is possible and it takes reinventing yourself. So the thing about your story and and, and I'm going to, I don't, I don't want to get political here. I don't want to get down on any religions here because that's not at all what my show is about. But the part about your story that, you know, when, when you, when you came out and you went through that whole thing that really rang true uh, as sort of a, a part that bothered me was nothing to do about you. It was the, the way you were treated by people in the church that you had served for so long. Instead of people being, you know, at least polite, you were treated with some pretty harsh uh, pushback and, and some nastiness. Yeah, my, my former boss um, was pretty nasty to me and had some really awful things to say to me. Um, I, I was basically accused of lying, which, you know, in a sense, that's true. Um, I even had family members say that I had lied to them for years and years and years. Um, you know, there's truth in that. I was lying to myself. And, you know, I kind of had to get to the place where I was true to myself so that then I could be true to everyone else. But a lot of people didn't like the truth because it went against their values and their viewpoints. Um, And I mean, I even had somebody very publicly on Facebook um, post some really nasty things about my living into my own truth now. Um, So yeah, it it was, you know, anytime you make big changes that cuts against the grain of people's values and uh, people's even political ideologies, 
um, it sends people into a tailspin. And I have seen that in a lot of relationships over the last few years. So let's talk about the career side of your life, because part of what happened was you resigned from, you know, a longstanding job. And it wasn't like all wine and roses, like, oh, hooray, come be our pastor. You had to literally reinvent and relaunch your entire career. So what happened then? Yeah, I'm actually still in the process of reinventing and relaunching. Um, I, I worked with a counselor slash coach in this whole process, and she told me at the beginning of the process, it will take about five years to reinvent yourself. And at the time, I did not want to hear that. Because obviously, I wanted my life to continue to go smoothly. I wanted to reinvent myself quickly. And I thought, you know, I've been doing what I do for 20 years. This should be no problem. But she was right. And I'm now in year four of the reinvention. Um, For me, leaving evangelical conservative church ministry um, it, all of a sudden, as a gay man, I was not welcome in the sort of churches that I had been a pastor at for so many years, and I, I, I couldn't even go to them. And the unfortunate thing is that the more mainline churches, the more liberal-based churches, you have a process that you have to go to for them to authorize you for ministry and to be one of their pastors. And depending on your background and your education and all of that, it can be a long process. So um, I, I basically, when I quit the position that I was in, I got a job working in the funeral industry. Um, literally, they were the only ones that would hire me. It took me forever to be able to find a job because having only pastoral ministry on my resume for so many years, nobody in the business world um, were were able to translate the skills that I had um, for what that would look like in business. And so they only saw me in the church. So I finally was um, hired to do sales in the funeral industry. And I did that for two years, but at the same time, I began the process of getting involved with another more liberal denomination and starting the process of here are the steps that I need to take with that organization so that I can kind of get my credentials again and restart the ministry that basically I had to put on hold for a couple of years. So this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is we've been talking in past episodes about reinventing. And I think sometimes that word has become really popular. I, I, uh, I, I did an interview that will actually air in the episode after you. So I did them in reverse order. And she was teaching people how to relaunch and reinvent their career back in the 80s. So this isn't new. This is still, you know, this is something that I think all generations have struggled with. And I think that the the greatest generation struggled with it. The baby boomers had struggled with it. And now those of us who are in Generation X, those of us who are in our 40s and just about to enter our 50s, you know, it seems like it's so new to say, oh, we need to do that. And we're calling it reinvention. But really, it's just sort of a relaunch. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is we wouldn't think that a pastor has to go through a relaunch. But really, that's exactly what you had to do is, you know, I loved your thing that that your coach told you, hey, this could take you five years. And I think that's something that a lot of people, 
need to realize no matter what kind of change they want to make in their life, it can take a long time, not only until you find success, but until people will start understanding that you're a different person. Because one of the things I complain about is I think we look at somebody and we judge them and we put them in a box and we determine that that box is a certain, you know, dimensions, it's so big and it's blue. And then we put it on the shelf. And yet, as you know, because of what you do for a living and counseling people, people are constantly changing and they're constantly, you know, owning up to their truths and discovering new, you know, skills that they have. So, you know, just because you judge somebody two weeks ago doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are today. And so that's one of the things when you said, hey, it could take five years. I went, yeah, that's what I tell people all the time who are facing much less scary changes that maybe you went through. Yeah. And, you know, basically that process is about proving yourself in new ways and proving yourself maybe to a new audience, a new group of people, a new work environment. Um, you you kind of have to get in there. And, you know, for me, I, I dropped my salary in half from what I was making before. I had to make a decision to cut back and to do the steps even at um, a a financial loss so that I could rebuild myself and I've had to prove myself over the last few years. So it it is not an easy process. It's not for the faint of heart. But I think what people need to understand is that it's doable. You just have to arrange your life in such a way and, and have the courage to say, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to start over. And where I was in life before does not have to be where I'm going in the future. And there can be new and wonderful things ahead if you're willing to do the work and take the time. Well, and another thing you said was that, you know, corporate America looked at you and said, well, he was an evangelical pastor. Where does he fit into our world? And the reality is, wow, there's so – when I think about, you know, people who are ministers and pastors and priests and and rabbis, I mean, there's so many skills that you would have had that would be so – excellent in the business world because you know how to deal with people and you certainly know how to handle politics i would imagine being in an evangelical church and you know you know how to how to give a speech and, and how to touch people at, at at a good level and yet people just say well you know he belongs in a church that's that's where he's been so that's where he has to be and so all the things that you went through and everything that that you you bring up i think are such great lessons, you know, for anybody, because it is a process. You said it best. It's a process of reproving yourself. But, you know, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to go through some sort of a reinvention? Maybe it's a personal issue. Maybe it's a career issue. Or in your case, maybe the two of them are interconnected. What advice do you have to somebody who says, I'm listening to Chris, and this really resonates with me? You know, I think the number one thing I would say is get it in your heart about what change you want to make, what direction you want to go, and then grab the bull by the horns. Don't give up. Put your head down and keep going. There have been times in this process where I've wanted to just throw in the towel and give up because it it just feels like, or it felt like I couldn't get a break for a while. And when you can't get a break and you keep getting knocked down over and over, and yet you know you've got it in you to do it, you have to just keep going. And you have to say, I am going to do this no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes. And eventually the breakthroughs start to happen. But the breakthroughs will never come 
if you don't keep at it and if you don't keep focused on the goal. Um, so you you gotta you gotta keep that goal as the thing you're focusing on and keep pressing towards it no matter what. And I think people who listen to this show, I think you've just hit. I mean, I think everybody just sat up in their chair. If they're driving, you know, they just sat up in the in the car seat. I think that that part about feeling like I can't just catch a break. I have this dream. I have this thing I want to do. This is what my calling is. And, and they feel like they can't get anywhere. And yet they know inside them that they can. I mean, that's I, I can remember where I was when I had that aha moment. I was driving, talking on speakerphone to one of my friends, and the person said to me, I, I, I hadn't even become a speaker full-time. I had a full-time job in corporate America. I was speaking on the side. I was getting paid a little bit. Like, like I was making like enough money to take the family on a vacation on top of my salary because I had a full-time job. But I can remember who I was talking to and where I was driving when the person said to me, when do you quit? When do you just say, I'm not going to be one of the people who make it? And the words that came out of my mouth were, I don't know. First of all, I was doing it on the side. I didn't, I didn't have to quit. It was extra money. Why did I have to quit just because I didn't get famous, right? And right. my answer was, I don't know. I know 100% of the people who quit never make it. And now I look forward, you know, six years of doing this full time and I have a legitimate, you know, business as a speaker and a trainer and a consultant and a master of ceremonies. If I had quit and said it was hard, you know, I'd still be working as a marketing director for some services company. And while that would be great because I was good at it and I worked with neat people, it wasn't really where I wanted to go. And so when you said that, I was like, that's why people listen to this show is they feel that inside them. And I think people really need to know that they have the wherewithal inside of them. They've got to dig down deep and find that little nugget that will propel them forward and cause them to hold on and keep going and keep searching for that that breakthrough until it comes. And so, you know, I just want to say don't give up. Dig down deep. It's it's within you and you can do it. Absolutely can do it. I have lots more questions for you, Chris. But first, I have to thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. And how do I know this? I use Podfly for this show. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing interesting people like Chris Hyde. For an exclusive offer for the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, visit podfly.net slash cool things. Now, back to Chris. Four years ago, you know, you went boom and, and reinvented, you know, had to, had to sort of relaunch. What's going on today? What's cool in your life now, both professionally and personally? Um, well, on a personal issue, um, I had the wonderful opportunity of getting married to my husband um, this last December. Uh, marriage equality has come to the state where I live. And so we were able to celebrate uh, that marriage back in December. And that has been just a wonderful gift and something that when I began this process, I never dreamed um, would happen. And so that's been amazing. And, and, you know, going back to where I was, um, even when I began the counseling process and all of this, I was scared to death to actually come out and to find myself a divorced person and alone 
And yet here, several years later, I'm married again. And so that's been wonderful. And then also, I am hopefully within a month going to have everything wrapped up uh, to get ordained a second time um, with a more liberal denomination so that I can then begin the process of applying to be a senior pastor within that denomination. So um, the whole idea of coming full circle finally is coming um, here in year four. And so I'm just, I'm glad that I didn't give up along the way because it's now finally all starting to happen for me and the breakthroughs are starting to come. And um, I'm One of the cool things is that I have launched my own podcast um, with a friend of mine, and um, we are just trying to help people work through the difficult issues in life. Um, We're kind of like Frasier and Roz from the old uh, television show. (laughs) From Frasier? Yes. (laughs) Which one are are you? It depends on the moment. (laughs) Um, But so I kind of come, I bring my counseling perspective as a pastor and she is a mental health professional. And so we're just trying to tackle issues on the show. Um, and, and we feature a lot of issues for the queer community um, that they face. And we're just trying to give back to the world and educate the world um, because of all the things that she and I have been through in our lives. And so it's been great to be a part of this new venture in our own podcast. What is your podcast called? It's called The Progressive Soul. And uh, you can find it at www.theprogressivesoul.com. Soul.com. I like the name. Tell me where the progressive soul comes from. Um, you know, as a pastor, my whole, my thing in life is dealing with the hearts of people, with the souls of people. And um, I've had my own journey of kind of moving from a conservative mindset to a more progressive mindset. And so I kind of put together the idea of progressive and soul dealing with the heart of person or of the person. And that's kind of where we came up with it. Excellent. And when does, how often does the podcast come out? Not as often as we would like, because I'm on a, <laughs> I'm a pretty busy guy right now. Um, so uh, we're, we're trying to keep on a twice a month schedule, uh, but the goal will be to get to weekly at some point. Excellent. Excellent. So you, you talked a little bit about, you know, you, your life that you're about to, to get hopefully reordained into a, into a new place and go after a senior pastor position. You know, that would be so fantastic of, of that, that arc of a journey over the last five years. And then to be in a congregation that would be as accepting of who you are. And then in addition, you recently got married. So the world actually when we look at, you know, the situation that that you've been through, the world has changed a lot in just four years, don't you think? Oh, it's been amazing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, just, I mean, not most of the people who listen to the show aren't going to face the type of changes that you faced over the past four years, both professionally or personally. But if you look at just that world that you've lived in, I think that people are more accepting. Certainly that is proven out with the, the, the progression of gay marriage throughout the States and the United States and with Ireland and the countries around the world. But this can happen in any industry. So just because you feel things are a certain way today, don't you think that people have to realize that the world is also in flux and and no matter what your situation, it might change? Yeah, my husband has a little phrase that he kept saying to me through this whole process. He kept saying, remember, what is today will not be tomorrow. And I have had to hold on to that in my personal life. But then, you know, even seeing what's going on in our culture, change is always going to be taking place. That's the whole idea of being progressive, that there is progress being made. 
And I think we, we need to never get into the mindset that we're stuck. Progress will always happen. Wow, I absolutely love that. I wrote it down. What is today won't be tomorrow. That, that might be the title of this episode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so let's take this back to business a little bit. So I always like to ask my guests, in addition to all the cool things that you're doing and the journey that you've been through, what's something that you see another entrepreneur doing? What's something someone else is doing where you say, wow, that's cool. And in your case, maybe that's somebody in the, in the world of, of, of pastors and, and, and ministers, or maybe it's your dry cleaner down the street. What's something where you say, wow, that person's really crushing it? Wow, put me on the spot a little there. Um, <laughs> I think um, I, I, my answer is going to be in the religious world, just because that's what I'm in most of the time. But um, one of the things that I am beginning to see in uh, kind of progressive church circles is that people are looking beyond denominations. They are realizing that you know, the old brick church that um, is on the corner in the center of town that's been there for 50, 60, 100 years, um, that those churches are dwindling. And this idea of we've got our Presbyterian church on one corner and our Methodist church on the other corner and our congregational church on another corner, that that doesn't necessarily serve the community well. And so I, I am seeing progressive pastors saying, Let's join together cross-denominationally, ecumenically, and let's begin to talk about what does it look like for us to work together, because the future is probably together, not separate. And one of the things that I've always believed in is this idea of we are stronger together than we are separate. And so how can we, you know, no matter what industry you're in, how can we partner together and how can we work together? Because we're going to find that we are able to make a bigger impact by working together than just in our own little island. We are stronger together than we are separate. And I think that goes beyond the religious world. I think that's true for those of us who are in business. I mean, that's the whole idea of why, you know, I preach to people that you have to get out there and get involved with your trade association. You have to get involved in your community and network and, and you have to find ways to give back in your community, whatever that community might be, because when you do that, we are stronger than, than we are individually. Absolutely. And, and on a personal level, the more people, and you know, you're, you're a networking guru, the more people that you know and network with and work together with, the, the stronger your professional place in the community is going to be. And so I just really believe in that connectiveness that we need to have together. So, Chris, I've known you since we were in seventh grade, and I am really, really happy to have had you here on the show. I really love the fact that while you've been through, you know, some bumps in the road, you really do sound happy. And I am. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's great to be able to share the journey because life is all about the journey. And uh, it's cool that uh, you've been able to be a part of my journey um, since seventh grade. And I appreciate that. Well, and I think this is the thing that, that we often forget is we think, oh, I'm a lawyer. I only can learn from lawyers. Oh, I'm an accountant. I should only pay attention to the accounting podcast. But here we've just had a conversation with the guy who was a pastor who is in the process of reinventing a career. And maybe in a year or two, we have Chris back on, on, on the show. And, you know, he has a large congregation where he's a senior pastor. And, you know, maybe he has some sort of online, you know, min- ministry going on. We don't know what the future holds because it's all such a journey. And this is relevant if you're, 
you know, a speaker, an author, you know, a candlestick maker. It doesn't matter what you're doing. We can learn from everybody's journey. So, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on and, and being so forthcoming and so honest with all parts of your story. Before we started recording, I told Chris, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, you know, how much you're willing to share. And, and his answer was, I'll share everything. And I really appreciate it when guests come on and they're willing just to open the kimono and, and, and be that forthcoming with not just their business life, but, but their whole life. So, Chris, hopefully your message has been able to touch somebody who's listening in some manner. Yeah, thanks so much. So if somebody wants to find more about Chris Hyde, more about your podcast, how do they find you? Again, it's www.theprogressivesoul.com. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at, at Chris Hyde, C-H-R-I-S-H-Y-D-E. All right, go on there, listeners. Go on and find at Chris Hyde on Twitter and send him a note. Let him know that you listen to him here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And for everybody who listened, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to have a lot more of these interviews where we're talking to people who have reinvented and relaunched because I think this topic is really, really important. So we're going to talk to a lot of people who are doing new and cool things with their new lives. We'll be back in a couple of days, but in the meantime, go out there have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at @TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.